0: Becky and this is Claire and welcome to another episode of Podway. Podway!
1: So this is the podcast where we talk about things related to musical theaters and plays and in today's episode we will be talking about Prince
0: of Egypt. I'm so excited for this one. So we are actually trying something a little bit new in this particular episode so the main topic is the prince of egypt the movie and the main reason for that is because i couldn't find anything (laughs) in terms of a illegal recording or legal recording or not so uh something i want to disclose in terms of any fbi agents listening to here but (laughs) uh, imagine yeah i know right it's like okay we're gonna bust you even though you're not even in in our country do fbi have jurisdiction in Canada, you think no idea, no. Okay. I, but I won't be
1: surprised if it if they have somewhat of a equivalent of some sort.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree yeah. with that. I really hope that feds are not going to come after us. In this case, there is absolutely no reason to because they didn't find anything. So that's why we're covering the movie mainly. However, this is something we were really curious to try out, and that's kind of just listening to cast recording albums and give our opinion based on that and we thought this would be a perfect way to figure out if this is something that works for us because we already have the background of the movie for the plot because this, the musical is an adaptation of the movie and we have you know the biblical story <laughs> this mm. is a plot as well so I think like this is probably a perfect way to test it out and I'm really really excited for that. Um, in terms of the Source material itself, so like the Prince of Egypt, the movie. I think when we did the Christmas episode, Claire, you actually had a lot of fun, and you were looking forward to do another holiday-related musical. Yeah. and I really, really wanted it to be the Prince of Egypt rather than you know Jesus Christ Superstar, even though you both watched it in person, just because it's something that I really enjoy the movie at least. So I'm really curious to see how you like this the movie, and yeah, okay. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think we talked about it before, but you minored in religious studies? No. So okay. cultural study. Oh, cultural studies. Okay, something completely different then. I thought you minored in religion. I was like, maybe you have a much better understanding of the story than I do. I definitely some- don't. <laughs> My dad's a
1: Christian. I guess I, that's just like a disclosure. And I think I think, I read some parts of the Bible when I was a kid that I definitely do not remember anything well, no, the maybe old or the new wrong. testament? I don't know.
0: Okay. I don't know what kind of Christian my dad is. So. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. The old testament is like part of the Christian Bible. It's just like which book in the Bible did you read? I have no idea. Got it.
1: Yeah, that's how limited I know about <laughs> the, the religion, as you can probably tell. Did you read it? Oh, I, I know okay. you're not religious, but I guess maybe we can start from there and, and talk about our experiences with the biblical yeah. story.
0: Yeah, so you had no familiarity with the story before this episode? So I know the story.
1: Like, I know that, you know, like, he split the sea and that kind of stuff. But then I don't know the details. No, no idea. I think it's just just, one of the stories that you kind of just know as a kid. Mm -hmm. I don't know why or how or where, but I just knew. But that was the only thing that I know, that he was able (laughs) to separate the sea. And that was it. Uh, I see.
0: In terms of the story of Exodus, so maybe let's give a brief synopsis of what it is. So the movie kind of follows the story of Exodus, which essentially just tells the story of how God freed the Hebrews from servitude in Egypt. So that's kind of like the whole chunk that we're looking at. This is kind of the story that we read every year for Passover. So I guess full disclosure, I do identify as an atheist. I've been identified as an atheist since I was 10 years old, but I grew up in Israel and therefore I was very much exposed to Jewish culture. I still celebrate the holidays because I always enjoy holidays. I would take any opportunity to celebrate any holiday that I can. That includes the Christian one. My two favorite are Passover and Christmas. And this Friday. It was just Passover as well as Easter. And I believe this month is also Ramadan. So Happy Easter, Happy Passover, and Ramadan Mubarak, I think that's how you pronounce it, to all of our listeners. And because this is the story that you tell over Passover, which is kind of like our most important holiday, it's something that I'm very, very familiar with. As a kid, I've also been very, very familiar with the movie, obviously. I think for people who've been listening to the podcast long term, they probably are very aware that I'm really into animated movies and I enjoy anything Disney related or DreamWorks related. In this case, for me, it was kind of a big deal to see an animated movie that tells the story of Jewish people because there is not much representation for us in animated context. Like you could see princesses who i resemble but not any cultural similarities between the story that i'm used to and the stories that you know are told in disney so this is something that i was really 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 excited for to have a movie that speaks to me in a way and i'm really really happy that it's so well done because i love this movie
1: um so yeah okay well i mean that kind of makes sense to be honest
0: yeah yeah um and i think we actually even talked about it a little bit so before I went to uh, Alberta to see my parents, Claire and I just like met at a cafe somewhere, and we kind of talked about like big holidays. And you walked me through Chinese New Year, I believe, and I mm-hmm. walked you through Passover a little bit. Mm-hmm. And from my understanding, these are kind of like the two big holidays equivalencies. Mm-hmm. I just
1: feel really uneducated sometimes because <laughs> 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 I I think a part of me is very resistant to understand or to explore the stories in the bible mm. because my dad has always been a christian and he's the type of christian that um that just like that he didn't pressure me to go to church or anything but it just mm. when something happens he would be like oh it's god like it's god's will or something like that mm-hmm. and that really just something that i don't agree with necessarily and i think since i was a teenager that just sort of like make me not hate on the religion or anything like I watch a lot of movies I still go to church with him sometimes if I do go back to Taiwan and things like that so I have no problem with the religion but it just sort of like killed my interest in knowing more about Mm -hmm. the stories and and his teachings and things like that so yeah I'm just gonna put it out there I'm not really religious in any terms Mm -hmm. or
0: senses so
1: what um, you're saying I, is
0: so relatable to me, by the really? way. Oh, really? Oh, totally. Because um in Israel, you have like I think the closest equivalent is nothing American, but GCSE is like a British equivalent where you have to take a bunch of tests by the end of high school, and you're kind of measured on different subjects, and that factors towards your university and acceptances and all that kind of stuff. So you have a very similar test, a uh, series of tests in Israel where you kind of, in the beginning of high school, you choose what you want to focus on. For me, before I left to Canada, it was biotechnology, (laughs) interestingly enough. But uh, one of the core subjects that you cannot not do are English, math, sports, or like athletics, Arabic, no, not Arabic, Um, Hebrew, and biblical studies. So you're always like, you have to learn biblical studies through school. And I did my best to not pay attention to those classes whatsoever, just because I was always so upset that this is not something I could opt out of. And as somebody who identified as an atheist since 10 years old, I had very complex feelings about having to learn all these stories. I think I have more of appreciation for them as stories, not something that I believe in necessarily, just because they have a huge cultural importance everywhere, pretty much. So they have Uh, a huge cultural importance to Jewish people obviously to Christian and I believe they also factor within the Quran so uh, it's stuff that is good to know and I didn't appreciate when I learned it but it's okay for me now I still have very complex feelings about just like you I think
1: How, how are your parents or your family reacting to the fact that you are an atheist?
0: Oh, I mean, except for my mom, everybody, (laughs) everybody in my family is too. So it was really not a big deal. My mom still does her thing. She's pretty relaxed about it. In general, like I think the vast majority of people where I live at the very least are like at most a little bit religious. Most of them are just completely secular and don't care about anything besides the holiday, which I think is very similar to the culture here. Like people celebrate Christmas and Easter, and that's pretty much it in terms of their involvement. Maybe they go to church once or twice. I've been to like synagogue only once or twice in my life. So it was really not a big deal, I have to say. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's good to know. Do your parents, like you said your dad doesn't pressure you, but does he encourage you to? Oh, absolutely. Okay.
1: Absolutely. He'll be like, oh, you know, um, the whole reason why I'm your dad is because God wants me to introduce you to his teaching or things like that. Mm -hmm. Something on those little slides. And I just don't know how to react to that. I'm like, okay, cool. I watched like several movies that are related Mm -hmm. to the Bible. But I feel like they just kind of fly through my mind, you know, like I know <laughs> the story probably, but it just if you want me to like actually read it or they like recall a certain quote or something, I can't. Okay, yeah. that's
0: fair. I think on your other side, like on your mom's side, you're a Buddhist. Is there any pressure there as well?
1: No, not at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think religion is as big of a deal in Taiwan. Um, probably because everyone is very used to having super different religions, Mm -hmm. like religious beliefs there. So even though that they have very different religious beliefs, it didn't really hurt anything, at least Mm -hmm. not not to my knowledge. That's nice.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm very used to being around people with different religious beliefs, both in Israel and obviously here, but I wish that everybody had this kind of chill attitude (laughs) that they have in Taiwan about this.
1: Well, probably just my family then. Because they're just really chill about this at least. Um,
0: <laughs> but I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But society wise, is it also pretty chill or? Um,
1: it's been a r- really long time since I lived there. So I don't know how it is mm-hmm. anymore. And I guess as a kid, you don't really hear about all this kind of stuff. Like religion is not going to be something that you care about or um, like a priority, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, my impression is that they're not that extreme or not that devoted, but I'm sure that they're really religious people in Taiwan, too.
0: Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Okay, should we dive in? Yes, hmm. please. Okay, so I think what we'll start with is actually a disclaimer so (laughs) since the story is like a cornerstone of the three monotheistic religions so the creators consulted religious scholars from all three of them and they kind of like disclosed that through the story and they also said like oh you know the story is not 100% accurate to the story of exodus it's just the spirit of the movie that counts from my memory at least they're Accurate for most things. There are a few things that there are inaccurate for, but for the most part, they do a pretty good job, which I love to see. And just as my own disclaimer, this is the first time I see the movie in English. So I am extremely used to the story in Hebrew, both through Passover and both through the movie. So for that reason, I might mispronounce the names in English, but keep that in mind. And as I mentioned before, just a last disclaimer, I've identified as an atheist since I was like 10 years old and I grew up in Israel around Jewish culture. So I do know the story is important to all religions or monotheistic religions. So my perspective is gonna be very Jewish centric. I'll be super happy to hear if you guys have a different perspective on the story and want to talk to us about it. I'm also super curious how important the story of Exodus is in your religion, considering it's pretty much one of the most important ones in Judaism, at least holiday wise. And lastly, just take it as kind of like a couple of Broadway enthusiasts talking about the movie and the musical rather than the biblical story itself. And we'll just have like fun with it. It's not gonna be something super serious, so yeah. So the movie truly opens with showing the lives of the Hebrews in Egypt under servitude, They're being abused and forced to do labor, namely creating pyramids and other monuments by the Pharaoh. For context, there was a decree that every Jewish boy is to be thrown to the Nile to die while every Jewish girl gets to live. And the reason for that was um, because the Pharaoh was scared that if the Hebrews had too many boys, they could overthrow the regime. So then we see Yocheved protecting her son, Moses, who is supposed to be killed since he's a boy, sneaking past the guards with her other children, Miriam and Aaron. Yocheved puts Moses in like a straw basket structure, which is supposed to float and send him across the Nile. Miriam follows his journey through the Nile to make sure he's safe. And Moses does make it through safely despite all the dangers and is found by the Pharaoh's wife, who adopts him.
1: Wait, yeah. I have a I have a question. Yeah. So how come Moses is the one that got sent away, but then his brother is fine?
0: Yeah, I was also thinking about that. And from the way I rationalize it, at least, is probably the decree was made after Aaron's birth.
1: Hmm. Okay.
0: I mean, it has to start at some point, right? It might as well be after his birth. OK. So yeah, Miriam sees that Moses is adopted and as a farewell wish, she hopes that when he grows up, he'll return to his family and deliver the Hebrew people. So then we have a time skip. Moses is now all grown up and is chariot racing with his adoptive older brother, Ramses. This is the first change, by the way, from the biblical story. In the biblical story, him and Ramses weren't really brothers. They weren't close or anything like that. He was just like a random person that they didn't interact with much. But for the sake of the movie, it works really well. Anyway, through their chariot racing, they cause a whole lot of destruction. And I'm not sure if you've seen that movie, Claire, by the way, but I'm really not surprised that this is the same studio that will create the road to El Dorado, if you've seen that, because there are so many similarities in this scene and the movie, The Road to El Dorado. No. You haven't? Oh my god, it's such a good movie. You have to watch it. Okay. Anyway, the two are reprimanded by the pharaoh. Moses takes the blame and covers for Ramses, but the pharaoh isn't taking it and imparts that one weak link is all it takes to break the link of the mighty dynasty, So, please remember this one. It will make a whole lot of sense in the future, just contextualizing Ramses as a person completely. So, after Pharaoh dismisses Ramses, Moses tries to reason with the Pharaoh, saying how much his approval means to to Ramses and asks him to give Ramses an opportunity to prove himself. Moses goes to visit Ramses and he is really beat up about what the Pharaoh said. Moses is shown to really be kind of like a troublemaker in the first part of the story. So, one of the things he does is he drops a sack of water onto priests and then he ducks. So, Ramses, who hasn't ducked um, on time, takes the blame for the prank. And then he just like encourages Ramses to dunk a whole pitcher of water on them. So as a result of their shenanigans, they are late for an important banquet. And at the banquet, Ramses was declared as the prince regent and will be in charge of overseeing the temples due to Moses's advice to let Ramses prove himself. In the celebration, Ramses was offered a woman, Zipporah who wasn't thrilled with the whole idea, to say the least, of being offered to him. Um, So both Moses and Ramses humiliate her. They're being kind of jerks, to be honest. And since Moses took a liking to her, it was decided that she's to be sent to Moses' chambers. Ramses also appoints Moses as royal chief architect. So Moses sees Tipporah escape, but he lets her go back to the desert where she's from, but he follows her on her way out because he's like really clearly smitten with her. Before leaving with her camel, Tzipora asks for some water from the two Hebrew slaves who turn out to be Miriam and Aaron actually, which are Moses's brother and sister. Miriam recognizes Moses and is super excited to see him, hoping he is there to return to the family, but then she realizes that wasn't really his intention, and she informs Moses that he's actually their brother, which is a tiny little fact he wasn't made privy to before. Yeah, so... Um, Miriam continues despite Moses being very visibly upset and Aaron tries to like cover up for her because he could see how upset Moses is Um, but she doesn't stop obviously so she she tells him God saved him to be their deliverer Moses leaves very angrily because he doesn't believe her but before she um, departs from him she kind of like sings the deliverer song which is the lullaby And he recognizes the song and kind of flees in fear afterwards. So then we have some really gorgeous animation. Moses has a nightmare showing Yocheved fleeing with him and his siblings to the Nile to save him. And at the end, he actually dies with the rest of the Hebrew children, which obviously we know didn't happen. The pharaoh finds him and tries to rationalize that the murdering of the Hebrew children was a necessary sacrifice and that it doesn't matter since they're only slaves. So this causes Moses to run away from him. His adoptive mother comes to comfort him and he asks her whether he's actually adopted and she admits he is, but affirms she still considers him as her son and a blessing sent to her by the gods. So then Moses starts his position as chief architect, which means he oversees the treatment of the Hebrews up close and personal. One elderly slave is being flogged repeatedly and is kind of on the brink of death. And Moses trains to help him and stop the guard from further flogging, but accidentally kills the guards instead by making him fall. So then he runs away from Egypt and into desert. He finds himself at a watering hole, kind of like an oasis, and protects um, little girls from bandits before falling into the well. Zipporah, who Uh, turns out to be the little girl's older sister, shows up and help rescue him, but once she recognizes it's Moses, she lets him fall again to the well before she rescues him again. So kind of like a payback. He is brought to Midian, where Tipora's father Jethro is a high priest. They have a celebration in his honor, and Moses denies that he did anything honorable, but Jethro educates him otherwise for saving both Tipora and his other daughters. Then we have another time skip. I think it's several years at this point. It must have been. So Moses stayed with them for quite a while and he ends up marrying Zipporah. While working as a shepherd, he rescues a strange sheep where he witnesses a miracle. So this is a very, very famous scene. He sees a burning bush, but the bush is not actually burning, even though it's on fire. So that's kind of like the spirit of God coming to Moses um, through that bush. And he instructs Moses to take his sandals off since he's on a holy ground. This is another very very famous quote. Um, God instructs Moses to liberate the Hebrews from Egypt and to bring them to the promised land. Moses refuses to call it first, but does as God instructed when God promises he will be with him through the entire process. Sipora and Moses return to Egypt, where the old pharaoh is now dead, and Ramses is pharaoh now. So the two reunite, and Moses asks Ramses to let his people go. And to demonstrate the power of God, Moses turns his staff into a snake. Ramses and his priests aren't very impressed, and his priests actually duplicate the feat. So not only does Ramses refuse to let the Hebrews go, but he also decides to double the workload in response. At the end of that, Moses is confronted by the Hebrews after because you know their workload just doubled because of him. But Miriam shows up and forgives Moses, and her forgiveness and faith and God turns things around, and Moses has the support of all the Hebrews now. Then let the plagues begin, starting with blood. Moses asks Ramses to let his people go and when he refuses Moses is instructed by God to turn the Nile River into blood. So the priests duplicated by putting some food coloring in some water and Ramses doesn't really budge in his conviction because of what they did and therefore the plagues continue. So we go through and at this point, by the way, I pause to see if I remember the order just because like I went through the order four days ago and I couldn't do it, especially I couldn't do this in English because I never heard the plagues before in English. But <laughs> we have frogs, lice, swarms, pestilence, boils, thunderbolts and lightning, locusts and darkness. And all these affected only the Egyptians, but not the Hebrews. Also, as a side note, I am absolutely obsessed with the plague song but more on that later and please note that we stopped at number nine and famously there are ten plagues not nine so Moses goes to see Ramses after plague number nine and he's asking once again for his people to be freed so Ramses and Moses have a moment but then Ramses' son comes in and shatters it and that kind of escalates their conversation and Ramses once again refuses to let the Hebrew go. So God instructed Moses to tell all the Hebrews to mark their doors with lamb blood and that night God will pass through Egypt and kill all the firstborns and when he sees the blood on the door he will pass over like the name of the holiday those home that have the blood on their door and as a result he will not inflict any harm onto them and that's the final plague. So Moses goes to Ramses again, and this time grief-stricken by the death of his son, Ramses relents and let the Hebrew go. So the Hebrews now freed, get ready to leave Egypt and make their journey towards Israel. Unfortunately, when they reach the Red Sea, Ramses changes his mind and decides to pursue them with his army. And to delay them, Moses creates a pillar of fire between the Egyptians and the Hebrew. And then he famously parts the Red Sea into two for the Hebrews to walk through to the other side. Um, The pillar of fire disappears, which gives Ramses and his troops access to continue his pursuit after the Hebrews to kill them, essentially. But to save them from the Egyptians, God unparts the sea, causing the Egyptians to drown. Then the Hebrews make it out safely. And the movie ends with Moses receiving the Ten Commandments on Mount Sinai. So that is kind of the end of the movie. I feel like I just led my very own Seder dinner, except there's no delicious food at the end of this, which (laughs) I'm really, really sorry for those not receiving delicious food. Okay. So let's start with Deliver Us. Deliver Us is one of those songs that exist both in the movie and the musical. Actually, all the songs that exist in the movie exist in the musical, and thank God for that. What are your thoughts on Deliver Us? it's it's good but I have to say I really
1: don't remember much of the music from this musical I don't know why when I was For watching the movie, the movie yeah from the movie no it oh, was from so, either then yeah okay it was so boring to be honest <laughs> the movie I'm so sorry oh yeah It's okay that's okay, it was, that's okay. I, I I feel like the fact that i didn't enjoy this is gonna be offensive to some people because they're gonna no. think that it's because i'm not interested in the story trust me i really was interested in the story but just how the movie went about it and how it was structured and the music mm-hmm. was really boring like oh, i wow. can't remember pretty much any song from it Mm -hmm. and i have to go back to listen to the soundtrack and i have no idea why but when i was listening to the soundtrack they sounded so much better than when i was watching the movie
0: Mm -hmm. so i'm not really sure what happened Uh because for some of the songs they're obviously sung by professional singers so for example When You Believe is probably the most famous song from the entire movie. It's really, really huge. It was sung professionally by Mariah Carey and Whitney Houston. And that's kind of like what elevated it in the movie. It's sang by Michelle Pfeiffer and whoever plays Miriam. I don't remember who that
1: is. I actually do prefer the movie version, to be honest. I mean, the the pop version was really good too. But I thought Mm -hmm. that it sounded more...
0: I don't know, traditional cultural-ish. That is a big concern that I have with the Really? Like a big grievance that I have. I try not to voice it too, too much because I do understand it's, important to other uh cultures as well but the fact that they only had one jewish voice actor in the entirety of the movie is something that really really bothers me yeah not a fan of that and actually that docked points from the final thing for me but i try not to talk about it too too much because i do understand it is important to other people I, i think it should have been important that they had more jewish voice actors but yeah Right. Not traditional. (laughs) Not traditional in terms of the way it sounds. I can tell you that.
1: Right, right. I don't know. Um, I try not to say too much because I feel like (laughs) I feel like if I say that I don't like it, it is just like no, no, I think it's you.
0: It's because okay. It's very important that as we said, like our opinions on this come strictly from a place of being broadway enthusiasts or seeing this as a media form as a movie and not about the cultural importance of this necessarily or about the biblical religious connotation of the story it's more about the story itself as detached from anything else Mm -hmm. so you should totally say whatever you think and if you didn't enjoy it then say why i'm so curious why because i obviously really enjoyed it
1: okay that's good um for you (laughs) it just <laughs> good for you. <laughs> it just I thought it was really, mm, it was really bland for me. I feel mm-hmm. like Moses as a character. Well, I, I mean I know he's a person and everything, but like I just didn't really feel for him, you know. Mm-hmm. And wait, I have like a comparison. So what I do like about the musical actually. Is that they actually have a song for Moses to reflect on the damage and the death that he's caused. Because mm-hmm. one big thing I couldn't get over when I was watching the movie is how is it okay for God to take the life of innocent children just like that, but it was not okay for, um, you know, for the Egyptians to, to kill the Hebrews. Like, mm-hmm. why is it okay for him just to go into the houses and kill people that has no, done no harm? Mm-hmm. That made no sense to me. Um, so I was all on Moses' side up um, until that point, and when I was like, "How does it make? How is this justice?" Mm-hmm. And it was so weird. And and I think ever since from that point, I I didn't really feel connected to, I guess, the quote unquote the good side. Because I can't see them as the good side. And I had this really conflicted feelings inside of me towards pretty much the end of the movie. And I know in the musical, they're trying to make Ramis less of a villain by, oh, it's actually not him who regretted and broke the promise. It was like this other person that was more of the bad person and he wouldn't let these people go, blah, blah, blah. And I didn't like that, actually. Because I feel like by... So, can you elaborate on that? You know how in the musical they have like another person, I can't remember his name, but he was like the teacher of some sort, or maybe not the teacher, I don't know. But he was like an devi- No, he was like an advisor to Ramos.
0: No, I don't. Really? <laughs> no, which which one? Was
1: he not the, the advisor? I swear he was who's this person? Hotep?
0: Okay, he's a priest, you say? Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's definitely inaccurate. (laughs) The biblical idea for this is that God hardens Ramsey's heart whenever Moses pleads with him to let the Hebrews go. And I think, um, again, I'm not a religious scholar by any means. This is all from stuff that I remember from my understanding. But um, the reason for that is because A, like the miracles need to happen for people to believe. And B, for um, because he knew that he would be relentless anyway. Like in the end of the story for the movie, Ramses still is alive, from at least what I remember. Mm. And he is definitely dead in the original biblical story. So there are definitely differences. I have severe disliking to the musical for some of the creative differences they they decided on. Like specifically from a narrative standpoint for the story, not for any biblical reason, the musical is kind of a hot garbage. But I have no idea in terms of the narrative differences between killing the firstborns here and there Honestly, I don't remember anything about that. In terms of my thinking from how it works, it's kind of like an eye for an eye, which was very, very popular during that time. It's like, oh, you kill all of our firstborns, we kill yours. And we tried to plead with you several times. and it didn't work. So that's at least, I think, what we're supposed to go through for rationalizing it. I understand why that wouldn't be super duper popular way to sympathize with them <laughs> after seeing the kind of like grief that it causes the Egyptian people. Mm-hmm. Um that just me. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Again, like oh, we're looking at the so story as a story and nothing else. So really don't worry about it. But I feel like you're getting a little taste of on <laughs> my my experience. Oh, I see. Okay.
1: That's why, yeah. Probably. (laughs)
0: Probably. Personally, I love Delivera. So music-wise for the movie, um, the person who voices Yocheved is Ofla Chaza. And she was a huge, huge Israeli musician. She was kind of like the Madonna of Israel, if you look at her Wikipedia article. And I was really, really pumped that they had her voice, the character here, Yocheved and she sounded fantastic in my opinion it was really really re- like rewarding to see because i didn't realize that she would feature in the english dub i suppose it's not really a dub considering the original in english but in the english version um and i really loved seeing that i think the song itself is absolutely brilliant because It is so rewarding as an opening song, you get a status quo very clearly, you get introduced to every character, you get kind of like the important elements are at place for you to understand everything that's going to happen in the story, everybody that needs to have a big moment is having a big moment. And it's all like the female characters that are driving the plot in this case, which is really, really nice. You get to see how important it is for the Hebrew people to be freed because you see how difficult their lives are under servitude in Egypt and how critical the help they need from God is and why this entire story is important. So I think it sets up the story super duper well. Musically, it's gorgeous, in my opinion. And I'm very, very, very happy that they got Ofer Chaza to be Yechebed. And they also left some Hebrew in there, which is not something I expected to see. Um, Okay, so next one is Faster. And that song did not exist in the movie, but is in the musical. And I think the song is a bit of a clown moment, not going to lie. Uh, I do enjoy it a little bit more when they switch from like the main bullshit of the two singing, like the two Moses and Ramsey singing to go to like the praise of Ty, I think the name of the goddess, or, or like one of the priests singing about it. I thought that switch was a little bit more okay-ish. But uh, I think the cast recording we'll listen to is the West End version because they have British accents, which I was not prepared to hear. It was like the 2020 version, if it's not West End, sorry about that. And I was actually not super in love with their voices based on the cast recording. It might be something that you have to watch to really appreciate, and we didn't have the benefit of watching it, but really not something that I liked. In this particular song for both Moses and Ramses, there are some songs that are better, in my opinion, for the two of them. This one was not good. It was really, really boring. And mm, it's really obvious to put it as a song here, too, because it's kind of like the big reveal for them as adults, but it really adds nothing. So Mm -hmm. I'm not a fan. What do you think? Yeah, so
1: didn't really find it all that special. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was okay I mean I didn't hate it but it was just okay
0: mm-hmm. next one is when we clink which also didn't exist in a movie and is only in the musical again very mediocre no gravitas no bite for a really important moment in the story like it's supposed to make us understand Ramsey's through like the thoughts and fears and kind of like rationalize everything that is coming forward because we don't have the benefit of like The the story being written down and for us to see it. So, this moment is so critical for us to be able to understand what's going on and see how Ramses progresses as a person. And the fact that it's so mediocre and biteless is really disappointing. Not to mention it's very short. And I think this should be a longer song.
1: Mm -hmm, Absolutely. Because it was less than a minute, I think, or something around a minute, probably.
0: Yeah. 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 Um, the next song is Footprint on the Sand. What are your thoughts? Um, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, Okay, so for me, this is exactly what I was talking about in terms of not enjoying the musical narratively. So I have to say I do enjoy the very Middle Eastern feel to the song in the beginning it definitely is a step up from the previous two that we heard and it helps us understand Moses through the process during like this portion of his life which I don't think we see as much of musically at least from uh, the movie it really doesn't represent his character well at all so he was very reluctant to accept God's call this is something we also see in the movie you don't have to get it from the Bible because he didn't think himself worthy enough and um, his brother Aaron actually often spoke for him because he had some speech impediment if I remember correctly so he was very soft spoken he had Aaron step up to take a lot of the roles because he had more of a presence and he also had like you know some selfish and issues shoes he didn't think he was worthy and this song he's lamenting that he isn't important and that doesn't really sit well with also like I guess it makes narrative sense because he will go on to do extraordinary thing. And this is like a pretty stark contrast between what he think his lot in life is now and what it will actually be. So I understand why they put it. But while this song is pretty nice, it's really out of character. And it specifically almost negates All I Ever Wanted, which considering this is like an adaptation of the movie, that song, All I Ever Wanted, predates the song. So I really don't understand what it's doing here at all. Even though it sounds nice, it's not it has no business to being there you know Mm. I feel like in order for this not to be monologue we'll probably have to skip a couple of songs what song do you have a lot to say about um or something to say about
1: let's see to be fair I really don't have anything to say oh Christ like in general Um, I just didn't really enjoy it all that much I feel like it has maybe the problem I have with both the movie and the musical just comes from the lack of understanding of the story and just the inability to connect with what's going on and and because of that maybe I don't know is this how you
0: feel about Miss Saigon? No I loved the music in Miss Saigon like I had a strong opinion. Okay I'm talking about the story. The story I felt really uncomfortable talking about because uh, obviously I'm not Asian so I didn't feel like I could speak about my feelings regarding the depiction there because I know it's very problematic and uh, I tried my best to be super educated about like I remember doing a lot of research yeah
1: yeah sorry I- I'm not talking about like the fact that it was whitewash or all the controversy but it was just that the story was my so.
0: discomfort with Miss Saigon
1: And you had no problem with the story. As like, problem as like, did you enjoy the story?
0: Oh, no. I mean, it's a tragedy. I'm not going to enjoy a tragedy. But yeah, I didn't enjoy the story because I wouldn't enjoy this kind of story. So I can't really (laughs) say anything to that. I can't really detach the fact that this is not a genre I would ever go and gravitate towards in general. And also from Mm -hmm. the fact that I'm really, really uncomfortable around the topic because I knew going into this that it's very problematic and it's kind of the lens that I viewed the entire story through Mm -hmm. so it's not really something I can separate or I even attempted to separate Mm -hmm. to be fair okay okay Um, fair but I think you're at least from my understanding your main discomfort is that you know this is an important story to a lot of people but you still didn't connect with this Yeah, getting this right. So, this is like very in this aspect, we have different experiences as to why we're uncomfortable with these kind of stories. But I think it's totally okay. And from what it sounds like, it's super valid, especially since this is not something you grew up with. But what I'm curious about is still, as a movie, it should be able to stand by itself without any knowledge of the source material or any knowledge culturally about the story. And if you think it doesn't stand up well to that, I wonder if there is anything that you would be like a script doctor towards and change. Again, speaking like movie narrative only, not about like the religious element. And if you're not comfortable answering that, I understand. But is there pacing issues that you had? Is there something besides, you know, being able to relate to the character because there are some gray zones? Mm. I I think
1: first of all, is the motivation... It was just something that I can't understand. Like, it's so weak to me because he just heard from God. And that's like the least. (laughs) You got a personal calling from God. (laughs) No, I mean, that's the least thing that I can relate to. Oh, yeah. I don't know what that feels like. And I I am not religious enough to be like, I will be thrilled imagining I'm Moses and I got this call from God. So, motivation wise, I can't relate. I can't understand at all. And also, um, I mean, I, I understand how they try to say, Oh, the Hebrew people really suffer and all that stuff. I feel like maybe if they showed just a like a little bit more, it would be easier for me to be like, Oh, yeah, they really deserve like you know, better. And uh come on, Moses, save them, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, because honestly, when he went back to his brother and he was like, Oh, you gotta let my people go from his his brother's perspective he's the the reasoning behind his action makes more sense to me to be honest Mm -hmm. because it's like his brother who he cares so much about who just disappeared for I don't know how many years and has never sent any words back so I don't even know if I'm Ramos like I don't even know if he's dead or alive and all of a sudden he came back home and tell me that he got his call from a god I do not believe in and now he wants to separate my empire he wants to like take away my my labors like obviously I'm going to say no
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I don't see any any like concrete proof like or uh, cr- concrete evidence or convincing enough um of a speech that Moses gives to Ramses then that makes me feel like yeah he has a point like you should listen to him it was just very like oh i got this call from god Mm -hmm. (laughs) and and i just imagine if my family come back to me and and say that stuff to me i i don't think i'll be able to just be like yeah okay here's your hebrew people and Mm -hmm. just take them away you know so this whole thing just don't make sense and and the fact that i know that um Okay, and this probably comes from like my own familiarity with the culture too. But I'm more, I have been more familiar with Egyptian culture in general. Mm-hmm. So maybe has a bias. I don't know. I don't know mm-hmm. what is, but it's just all that motivation and all that fighting is so distant from me because as a person, I don't have cultural or religious route to, um, that story and then from an audience perspective i'm really having a hard time understanding why moses is doing all that all that he's doing mm-hmm. and why is it justified um in the movie so i have a hard time relating to that is so moses as a character in the movie mm-hmm. so hard for me to to understand like, I think mm-hmm. most of the time when I was watching the movie, I was just really confused. Mm-hmm. Um, and not to mention that the music, they do have like maybe one or two pretty good songs like Deliver Us, I think is 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 one of the better ones. Um, but other than that, like nothing really stood out for me. And yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's why in general, after watching the whole thing, I feel really just like having the feeling of uh, what did I just watch kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I don't want it to come out that way because I know it's a very important story. And I know, I mean, at least part of the story. Right. Um, <laughs> so I don't want it to put it like, I don't care about the religion, even though I just was not exposed to that religion, but i just feel like as a standalone movie, I don't really feel like I can understand it very much.
0: Mm -hmm. So to summarize, just to see if I'm understanding it correctly, the lack of understanding comes from, you don't think they did a good enough job to show, for example, that the Egyptian massacred firstborns, for example, like for the Hebrew children, and you don't think they showed the plight during their enslavement enough? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I personally didn't get that like I definitely could sympathize with them but it could also be because because, you know these are my people and this is something I also grew up with so you know seeing the massacre of the children and also the servitude is something that definitely struck a chord with me Um, but it could be because I'm more heightened to it because of my history and for somebody who doesn't have history with that it's not sufficient enough to showcase this maybe this is something that is not like for front and center in your mind while you have all these plagues and all the other things happening so you don't think it's justified necessarily um and it's fair i i can see that happening but uh it's really interesting perspective considering (laughs) all i've ever seen for the movie at least from everybody who talked about is really high praise this is also the first movie from DreamWorks actually So um, this is a story that they really, really wanted to tell and also come from the creators of DreamWorks, which are um, Katzenberg, um, Spielberg, and Geffen. All of them are Jewish men. So this is something that is going to be really, really close to them. And I think that kind of uh, background is something that will differ a lot between the two of us. So I'm really, really excited that you talked about the differences between how we perceive things in this case. And it's definitely something they can work on if that's the case to make more people understand um, the story. So I wonder if they did showcase the plight of the Hebrews more in the musical. Again, the only kind of point of context we have is the music itself, the cast recording, and we don't really have any visualization. So hopefully they did fix it. And if they did, maybe it would Bump a few points from (laughs) what I'm going to give it, which is not going to be super super good. Um, But yeah, so for me, I am absolutely in love with all the songs from the movie. So the songs from the movie are Deliver Us, All I Ever Wanted, Queen's Reprise, Through Heaven's Eyes, Playing with the Big Boys, The Plagues, and When You Believe. It's actually quite a few songs for an animated movie. I think usually they have like three or four Macs. And this is kind of a lot, so maybe we should just talk about the songs that exist in both of them, or some of the bigger songs that exist in both of them. And if we have some pretty memorable ones from the musical, we can go over them as well. But I don't have a lot to say through Heaven's Eyes, which existed in both of them. I really enjoy the number. Um, I much preferred the Jethro of the movie compared to the musical, but the song itself is really uplifting and has a beautiful message, which I really love. I think it was pretty good, but yeah, other than that, I don't really have a lot to say. Mm-hmm.
1: I'm so sorry. I feel oh, like. That's
0: okay. No, that's okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I just, just either to make I like more... it or I'm just
1: confused.
0: That's totally fine. And I totally appreciate it. Like you're being so honest about that. One, I do have something to say about before we go with Act One Finale, which by the way, I thought was pretty well done, is Never in a Million Years, which I hated. It's a really, really, really forgettable late 90s, early 2000 pop ballad love song. And that's the kind of like, pop out love song that would play at the end of a VHS tape that you'd rewind or skip over in a Disney musical, like the really cheesy ones. And the song itself is really boring. It has nothing to offer lyrically, musically or narratively. Like you don't need a song to easily see the love between Moses and Zipporah and the devotion they have to each other. And the song number, first of all, of course is not necessary, but if you already have it there, which you have no problem with, might as well make it good if it's there. So it's not good. It's really bad. It's forgettable. Dislike it. For Act 2, a song that I have a huge gripe with is Deliver Us Praise 2. Because that's kind of like the moment where Moses confronts Ramses for the first time and Ramses decides to double the workload of the Hebrews and the Hebrews are not happy about it. And they confront Moses. And that moment feels very, very biteless. Uh, It sounds like they're like a little bit miffed. little bit snide with their remarks and it doesn't really have the same energy as their emotions in the movie at all um again purely based on the sound of the cast recording but that is more minor the more bigger issue that i have is not only does it not have a bite initially but when they do go into deliver us and remember deliver us is a huge deal in the movie it's the opening number And it's really, really, really important to understand the plight of the Hebrews. And it's something that has a lot of emotional baggage and gravitas. And they go into this here, and I think that's really fucked up because because Deliver Us is such like a powerful song and it's the opener for a reason for us to understand how horrible the conditions of the Hebrews were in Egypt, how bad they need God's help to help them free them from the conditions there. Them reprising it here with kind of like the miffed, Remarks that they have here, the snide remarks about Moses before um, asking to be delivered from him, really, really minimizes their plea to God in the beginning of the musical and therefore really minimizes their plea for the entire story. And I cannot emphasize enough that this number is not it and that I hate it a lot. Mm. Um, I don't know if you had any strong emotions towards it. I bet you didn't. (laughs) No, not really. what is your favorite number? Let's go with that. Um, I think it's the plague. Okay, thank God, it's my favorite number too. Okay, I'm obsessed with it. But let's go with your thoughts first.
1: <laughs> I just thought it's in general a good song because I don't know why I can understand Rammus a, a lot more in the song, and also it's very intense and it's good. <laughs> I like intense songs. Mm-hmm. That's actually surprising
0: to hear. Why? Uh, I thought you were more into the low key songs because I remember any kind of like intense or messy songs. Which the song oh, one intense of the doesn't line. mean
1: messy, right?
0: And, yeah, I said intense or messy, like oh, both okay. of them, because this song has like three different perspectives. It has the choir from. Uh, singing about the plague you have Moses and you have Ramsey so three different voices together so I thought it might not be up your alley but I'm hmm. really really glad it is because I'm obsessed with that song and I'm really really sorry to everybody who only heard it in English because even though in English it's absolutely great as well you cannot make it a song bad in any way and believe me the musical tried If you listen to the song in German, in German or in Hebrew, either or, I've been really, really obsessed with a German number because I've listened to the Hebrew in my entire life. It's so, so good. Like it's elite it's the one for the history book it's amazing it's revolutionary it's mind-boggling mind-stopping it's everything that is good in the world because of the intensity like the german intensity can blow the english one out of the water same for the hebrew one it just sounds so much better in these languages for whatever reason it could be because of the actors or singers they hired i don't know it's absolutely amazing so please everybody do yourself a favor listen to the place there I've been obsessed with it for years and years and every time I need motivation to learn my German <laughs> I would actually put up the song because I was like oh my god it sounds so beautiful in German I have to understand the language more I have to be able to like see where everything is coming from from the language and it was a huge motivator for me to learn it so that is how powerful the song is it's beautiful it's one of my favorite songs period.
1: Wow. Um, now you make me want to go listen to d- the German Hebrew version. Yes. So good job.
0: Should. Thank you. I think the song that you actually mentioned liking is for the rest of my life. Die I say that? Yeah. So this is kind of like the song where you understand Moses's struggle at the moment with having to enact God's will. Oh, and... I said I like that I have it there. Oh, but, but I you didn't... didn't like the song. Yeah, no. Got it. Okay. So you just like it narratively.
1: Yeah, I think it's a good reflection time mm-hmm. that he will, because it's pretty inhumane if you think about it. If he has no feelings towards that, so I think it makes a lot of sense that he has that time to reflect on it. Mm-hmm. But uh, but musically, it's, it's okay. Yeah, it's
0: I best. I agree. I do think they had quiet reflection moments about this in the movie it wasn't obviously a whole song dedicated for it. And I think it could work. I enjoy The Quiet Moments, actually. They had quite a few in the movie, and it's something that you don't see too frequently in animated movies. But in here, I think I agree with you that it is one of the better songs because of the narrative portion of it. I also Mm -hmm. think it connects with Footprints on Sand, on the Sand, really well, which justifies its existence to an extent within the musical even though i'm not a fan of footprints on the sand um narratively so i think it's pretty good i'll give it a pass and considering the rest of the new songs they added are very mediocre and forgettable this one is one of the more memorable ones so another positive points to it um i guess we'll probably close that there for both the musical and the movie i have to say though speaking in terms of the accents Mm. the
1: (laughs) (laughs) i was wondering if you're gonna go back to that because i thought it was so interesting
0: oh did you have
1: anything like you're
0: particularly curious about no but i'm interested to hear what you have to say the accents in the musical were better in the movie except for the portion when Yocheved was there because that like she's Israeli um so obviously her Hebrew is very very good she's actually really really interesting if you want to read about her she's like really a national icon because she died pretty tragically of AIDS um but she represented us in the Eurovision which is fun so, except for her, the children choir in When You Believe in the movie had <laughs> very thick accents, um, which was very, very amusing for me to listen to. Was um, it bad? Hmm? Was it bad? Oh, it wasn't bad. Like, it, they sound beautiful, of course, but they very had like very much had a thick accent. I was really, really impressed with the accents in the musical, actually. And I was wondering whether they got them vocal coaches, because none of the musical actors were Jewish or Israeli either. A point which I don't love. But yeah, so one of them, I think the actress who played Zipporah, she was Peggy in Hamilton. And she sounded really, really good, except for she overdid her sound too much. Um, But apart from that, she sounded like spot on for every time she sang. Um, So I was really, really positively impressed with that. And I was also happy that they added a song that was titled in Hebrew. They had exactly two Hebrew words there. Both of them involved like a sound, which is very, very difficult for foreigners to pronounce unless they're like French or German or have the sound in their language I think Arabic also has a sound so yeah pretty pretty good job I think both of them (laughs) it's it's very difficult to pronounce so I am happy that they at least tried and attempted Uh, Mm -hmm. I personally very much appreciated it Mm -hmm. okay so I think we both went through our feelings of it pretty distinctively so maybe we don't need to do final thoughts but we can go through a quiz. What do you Oh, think? you
1: don't have anything else to say? I feel so do bad cuz like is it because i we couldn't do song by song because of me?
0: No, no. I mean, you know what? I feel like we're at the stage of our podcast where we're kind of like in a trial and error period. So if one musical doesn't work for you and i have a lot to say about it, i will say kind of a more summarized version of what I have to say but I don't want to do the entire thing by myself so I enjoy whatever contribution you have and I really really appreciate you going for it obviously I wouldn't know if this kind of musical would work for you or wouldn't work for you before we try it and I'm glad you gave it a shot and we we got to discuss it a little bit so yeah I appreciate it
1: no of course I mean I still enjoy it to an extent it's just I think I was just pretty distant from it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that makes sense. That makes yeah. sense.
1: I just don't want to take, you know, the opportunity for you to speak on something that's more personal to you. Oh, and like, okay. if you, you know, have more passion about this and I don't want to take the opportunity away to be like, yes. all right, we're going to close this down um so yeah
0: I will have a lot of I mean I've been actively avoiding talking about any Jewish musical as you can probably see I'll be like I don't want to talk about this one or I don't want to talk about that one specifically for this reason um at least in this case where it's more historical or biblical it's more distant for me so I feel okay talking about it but I am totally okay with just going with the flow and see how it works for both of us
1: okay okay
0: Anywho you want to introduce our quiz
1: yes so this is the which prince of egypt character are you quiz and it's from what is this
0: Uquiz.com? yes um a lot of tumblr <laughs> uh created stuff are from Uquiz and they saved us a bunch let me tell you for some of the more obscure ones <laughs> <laughs> so question number one how do you see yourself kind stubborn spontaneous easygoing responsible um easy going i'm a taurus i'm definitely stubborn what would you describe yourself as extroverted introverted and emp-verted. definitely introverted are gonna be introverted favorite color out of these red or blue blue is my favorite color so i'm gonna go uh, with that
1: okay in that case i'll pick red
0: then <laughs> um are you confident not really sad face yes smiley face act like it but i'm not I'm comfortable with myself, but I don't see myself as higher than anyone. Uh, not really. I'm going to go with I'm comfortable with myself, but it really changes <laughs> depending on the day. Oh, um, yeah, absolutely. For sure. What do you value most in a person? Honesty, humor, understanding, emotional strength. Honesty. Understanding. What do you like to do in your free time? Just relax and sleep. Hang out with friends and or family, read some good books, maybe have a cup of tea, play video games extremely intensely. Hang out with friends or family? Same. If you had the choice, would you go back, change anything about your life? Yes. No. 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 Choose one, cats or dogs? Cats. Same. Do people think of your goals as unrealistic? Yeah, but if, but I know if I work hard enough, I'll achieve them. Nope, I set pretty standard goal for myself. I just go with the flow. Wherever life takes me is where I'll be okay with it. Oh, just go with the flow. I think I'll go with, yeah. Are you LGBT? No. No.
1: I like how he has a bracket and just say, just answer.
0: (laughs) Oh my. Okay, who did you get?
1: I got Aaron out of all people. Wow. (laughs) And it's actually quite a long description, but here it goes. Quick to judge and find it hard to forgive. You're still a fun person to be around. People find you complex and hard to understand, but you enjoy that. However, you also find it difficult to read other people. You're the funny friend and take joy in making the people you care about laugh, but you sometimes feel an odd one out. You have a unique spark that attracts people, and you often find yourself in large groups of people despite preferring to be alone.
0: Hmm. Would you say it's accurate?
1: I don't think so, to be honest. (laughs) But what do you think? Do you think this is
0: an accurate description of me? I feel like the last sentence resonated with me a little bit for you Mm because I do see yourself sometimes in large groups of people, and I do know that you prefer to be alone. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, So maybe, maybe somewhat. For me, I really hope my mom doesn't disown me for this. I got Ramsey's. A natural born leader, you have a kind heart. (laughs) I didn't see that. But you're scared of failure. You end up setting unrealistic expectations for yourself and believe that perfection isn't good enough. Despite caring deeply for those around you, you struggle to show that sort of loving emotion and come off cold at times. But you mean no harm. You also seem to always end up in drama that didn't involve you. Shrug interesting hmm it is interesting Ah, very okay so I think that is it for the quiz portion should we go to final rankings sure drum roll please
1: (laughs) I'll give it maybe five of a ten apples I could tell that you wanted to give it lower (laughs) no it was just like a
0: indifferent you know Mm. I'm indifferent five out of ten what Apples. 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 Yeah, I don't know why. Okay, so for the original movie, I'll give it 9.5 out of 10, Matzos. 9.5 out of 10 because I really wish that they had more Jewish representation in the voice acting, even though I do like the voice actors in general, so that's the half a point I'm docking. For the musical, I'll give it a 4 out of 10, Malone, which might also be called Bitter Herbs here. I don't know. I know that the israeli jewish culture is very very different from the north american jewish culture so you guys can educate me about the culture here but yeah that's my ranking are they five out of ten both for the movie and for the musical for you yeah i'm really indifferent that is fair okay so i think this is it for our very special holiday episode out of curiosity, should we also do Jesus Christ Superstore for Easter? <laughs>
1: <I feel laughs> do like you want to? That's another one that I did like I'm enjoy not going to have so, a lot of
0: things to say. Yeah, Exactly. So I feel like we can, like, I'm actually surprised that you didn't enjoy it because I'm surprised that you didn't know the story if you did go to church a few times. <laughs> but, the, the Moses one? Oh, no. The um, Passion of Christ. What? story? I first. do know oh because i remember we talked about it and you were like oh i didn't really realize what was going on so oh, maybe mis- they remember.
1: didn't have dialogue.
0: oh okay that
1: makes so more i sense. i didn't know what it was you know at which point of the the story is it going to be about
0: uh that makes more sense that yeah? makes a lot okay. more sense in my mind
1: oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay oh sorry did you, did you feel called out <laughs> like, i need to like Justify myself. I know the story. I know the story. I believe you. Don't worry.
0: (laughs) I believe you. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so I think next episode, as usual, will be a surprise story, a surprise episode, because we are not gonna go with Jesus Christ Superstars. (laughs) Or maybe Um, well, who knows? Yeah, or, or we will, we could surprise you, who knows, as you said. Um, but if you do want to talk to us about the holidays, we'll be interested to hear your perspective, anything regarding this episode, anything regarding any previous episodes we covered, or if you want to give us recommendations, we'd also truly appreciate that. You can do all of that and more, you know, just talk to us, we don't bite, on our social media, at Pottery Podcast, on Instagram, Twitter, and Reddit. And if you're not a social media person, neither are we. You can contact us at podwaypodcast at gmail.com. If you have it in your heart to give us a cheeky little review, um, wherever you're listening to us on, we'd really appreciate it because it will help other people notice us, <laughs> notice us, senpai, and um, <laughs> find the podcast. So if you can. Please do that and if you want to of course. So I think that's it from us. Happy holidays again and bye bye.